My name is Ian McFadden, and I'm one of the pastors of St. Moses Church in the heart of Baltimore, in Maryland, on the eastern seaboard of the United States. For the last two and a half months, it's now the middle of March, we've been watching the unfolding of the coronavirus as it spread throughout Wuhan province of China and across Asia, into Europe, across the Pacific Rim. And this last week, it's been declared by the World Health Organization a global pandemic. As we've watched this happen, it's been met across the world with anxiety, with isolation, with chaos, and often with fear. This is a unique opportunity for those of us who believe in Jesus and for those of us who are open to believing in Jesus to look to him for guidance, for solace, for strength, for wisdom, for energy, for love, and for hope. This daily podcast, beginning today, is meant to do just that, to fix our eyes on Jesus and to help us anchor ourselves in him in these unusually stressful times. This morning, I want to begin with a scripture reading from Psalm 33. This is right at the end of Psalm 33, beginning at verse 20, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. The little church that I'm a part of here, St. Moses Church in the heart of Baltimore, has been journeying through the Gospel of Mark, the shortest and probably the earliest of the tellings of the life of Jesus. And we saw in chapter 4 this amazing story of Jesus calming a storm. Let me read it to you here. Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Perhaps you feel like the disciples did, overcome by the waves of this uh, tide of virus around us, and just feeling like if you could just find where Jesus is sleeping, you wish you could wake him up and get him to do something. This is not the first time that the church around the globe has faced a pandemic like this. In fact, it's been in times just like this that God's people have defined themselves by the characteristics of Jesus in the past. 
In his wonderful little book, Saved by Faith and Hospitality, Josh Jipp records Eusebius's words, a Christian historian writing about the plagues that swept through the Mediterranean basin in the third uh, and fourth century. This is what Eusebius writes and that Josh Jipp records. The fruits of the Christian's limitless enthusiasm and devotion became evident to all the pagans. Alone in the midst of this terrible calamity, they proved by visible deeds their sympathy and humanity. All day long, some continued without rest to tend the dying and to bury them. The number was immense, and there was no one to see them. Others rounded up the huge number who had been reduced to scarecrows all over the city and distributed loaves to them, so that their praises were sung on every side, and all men glorified the God of the Christians and owned that they alone were pious and truly religious. Did not their actions speak for themselves? Jip goes on to comment that the Christians' care for the poor did not respect wealth or social status or virtue of the persons in need. In fact, early Christian care for the sick was simple, not complex. Faith and prayer were efficacious. The Christian's health care was free. In contrast to all other systems, there were no access problems. He says the church's indiscriminate concern for the poor was one of the major factors that led to the creation of institutions such as poorhouses that supported the widows, the sick, and the poor, as well as hospitals which were in origin and in conception a distinctively Christian institution rooted in Christian concepts of charity and philanthropy. In today's pandemic, we have precisely the same spiritual resources and precisely the same goal that our mothers and fathers in Christ had all those centuries before. They fixed their eyes on Jesus and because of their security in him, because of the model of his love and because of the resources of the love of God flowing through them, they risked their own lives in order to love and to serve and to care for the sick among them. And so too, we, fixing our eyes on Jesus, don't need to be afraid. And so too, out of love for our neighbors, we need to serve our cities, though the way we go about it is quite different. With substantial healthcare systems in place in 2020, and with our knowledge of how viruses spread, the best way for us as Christians currently to love our cities and our neighbors well is by social distancing, by accepting deep curbing of our own lifestyles in order to try to prevent the spread of the virus to those who are most vulnerable. The way we go about loving our neighbors well, therefore, looks very different than it did two millennia ago, but it's spurred by the same love of Christ, and it's spurred by the same deep grounding in our knowledge of him, the one who is able to calm the storms. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would fill us with a growing sense of your power, of your goodness, and of your love, even in the midst of the chaos. We pray that even today you would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus as the circumstances around us change rapidly. And we pray that you would guide our hearts to be 
motivated by love for you firstly and for our neighbors. To accept some deep changes in the way we live out of a desire to protect and provide for the most vulnerable around us. Would you watch over us? Would you care for us? Would you be present with us? You alone are our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings, friends.